0: Turn with me today, and there's some things I want to finish up uh, in the book of Colossians this morning, and by my, listen, the, the intent is never to go into a Bible study and study the book of a Bible, Does is, I hope everybody understands that, because um, the intent is to let the word of God be nigh thee, even in your mouth and in your heart, that is the word of God uh, that we preach. And so that that word becomes instant in season and out of season in your thoughts, in your mind and in your heart so that as we preach the good word of God, as we plant the seed of Christ in you, that seed begins to grow and it begins to bear fruit and you begin to see, uh, the change in your heart, in your mind and in your soul and the things of God that we preach. So, um probably never will take a book of the bible and study it from chapter 1 to the end of the book and uh, i because there's so much I, it all ties into the word of god right it's it's the it's the life of jesus in you that 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 we're creating which is the, the the word of god in its entirety in fact a lot of things that are in jesus are not written in the bible they're just not there so how do you get it how do you get the understanding of those things then Yeah, the Holy Ghost has to come upon you. That's why John in his um, gospel, and I'll just read it to you so that you have the reference for it in the last chapter of the book of John. John says it perfectly. And there are also many other things which Jesus did, the which if they should be written every one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. And there are, you know, there's, there's a lot of books written today about Jesus Christ that are not Gospels, or not in the Bible, right? And so uh, I have read many of those books. And so one thing that uh, we have to be very cautious of when we're reading other texts is that who wrote them, the Holy Ghost or man? How do you know the difference? How do you know if it was written by man or written by the Holy Ghost? That's a question for all of us. So my uh, a, a person that I know quite well has been reading some books on the orthodoxy of Christianity. And because in his heart, he, he just believed that the orthodoxy is the structure we all need in order to serve Christ and stay right. So thus we have... Uh, the instruction of certain things uh, in ourselves, we would call them the law. But if it's not of the law, if it's of Christ, then we want to put it in a framework of orthodoxy where we basically do the same things that the law says, only we make it under Christ and not under the law. And so it presents itself in a lot of confusion. I, I would prefer to say it this way, that... In Jesus Christ, in the framework of the Word of God, I am a free man. I am free. And so in the book of Colossians, it speaks to it this way. So if you will come with me to, um, I'm going to start with um, verse 14. And I think this is kind of where I left off the other day. Colossians chapter 2, verse 14. Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. So, when he nailed, when he nailed uh, uh, the law to the cross, right? When he took all the ordinances and the law and he nailed it to his cross, taking them out of the way. What was he doing? What was his purpose in doing so? The purpose in doing so was that w- so that we would be free from those things in our mind so that the Spirit of the Lord could come to us and begin to guide us into the life that is in Christ Jesus that is not in this world, but in the world to come. So when he Jesus would instruct his disciples, he never instructed them about this life. Ever. Ever. He only instructed them about the life that they would live in eternal life, forever life. Because in the power of the resurrection, it's not this life that Jesus gives, it's eternal life that Jesus gives. And in eternal life, we see things completely different. So if I am raised with Christ, I am raised in the newness of mind. So now my mind is not the mind of the flesh, it's the mind of Christ. Where Jesus sits on the right hand of the Father. And this has been the emphasis that we've been talking about for the last three or four weeks. Because if I have the Holy Ghost. If I am living by the word of God in the Holy Ghost. Am I bound to the things of the earth? Am I bound to the things of this life? And the answer to that is no but I know a rightness or a righteousness of God that even in this life men perceive it as being good. That's pretty powerful. So let me go on reading. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of a holy day or of the new moon or of the Sabbath days which are a shadow of things to come, but the body is of Christ. So, so, however I regard, it's not, We of course, we want to say, well, I got a calendar and I got a lot of holy days on the calendar. Yes, we all have those. We have Christmas. We have Easter. We have Hanukkah. We have, well, the list goes on and on and on. And we seem to be very good at creating more of those days rather than less of those days. Do you know that in the, mind of, in the mind of Christ, we are not bound by a 365-day calendar or a 366-day calendar uh, every time we have a leap year. It's not there. That's not how God thinks. And that's not how God prescribes himself when it comes to time in you. Time in you, by the perception of the Father, is eternal. And so whatever time it takes for you to become who God says you are, that's the time it takes. And so we want to bind ourselves to, well, if I don't get it in this life, then what's going to happen? I'm going to tell you something. I'm hoping that within the next short period of time, that a lot of those thoughts that we have possessed in ourselves about those things, we allow the Holy Ghost to remove them from us. And we begin to perceive life in the manner of which Christ gave it, and that is eternal life. And that everything that God desires for us to be and everything that God has ordained for us from the beginning, we are. And we just allow the grace of God to reform or reshape the mind in that respect. And it's, it's freeing. God wants you to be free. He wants you to be set at liberty. And we'll we'll, we'll we'll discuss that word more as we go. Let no man beguile you of your reward in a voluntary humility and a worshiping of angels, intruding into those things which he hath not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. Now I want to read that to you uh, in the ESV because it says it the same way, only it uses uh, different words, which I think are a little more uh, understanding because here's what happens to us and this is what has happened to us because we talk about dreams and visions all the time correct and the big thing even a few years ago the thing was everybody was man i i just need to have that dream i just need to have that vision and if i get that dream and that vision i'll have the revelation of jesus christ and man i can i can speak to the world about everything that god has shown me right that was the emphasis of our mindset. That's where we want. That's where we were living at. Let me read this to you. Where am I? Net. Let no one disqualify you, insisting on asceticism and the worship of angels. So, do you, does anyone know what asceticism means? Self denial. That's what it is. Let no one disqualify you, insisting on asceticism and worship of angels, going on in detail about visions puffed up without reason by a sensuous mind. So that's a strong that's a strong statement, isn't it? Because we talk about dreams and visions all the time. The difference is for, uh, for us is that we can all describe dreams and visions, every one of us. But are they from? the work of the Holy Ghost or are they from our own thoughts? We can even dream about God in the flesh and what will they look like? Yeah, but what? Okay, we'll dream about the flesh. And we will think that we will think that that dream is from God because of the way we manipulate it in the mind or the way it manipulates us in the mind. And we we make it look holy because we have that familiar spirit working in us. And man, that those things will lead us astray so quick. Let me go on. Puffed up without reason by his sensuous mind and not holding fast. Now listen. So John this morning said uh, that Gary instructed him to be covered by the elder. Stay in the covering that the elder has is, is providing you because that's coming from God. That's the mind of Christ. So um and not holding fast to the head from whom the whole body nourished and knit together through his joints and ligaments, grows with a growth that is not from God. Man that's that's great instruction. So it's amazing how we will we will get a collection of thoughts about the Word of God and then we'll go into hiding with it because we know in the back of our mind, okay, if I bring this to the elder and the elder doesn't agree with me, then I have to let it go. Yet this has spoken great to me. This is, this is who I know this is who I'm becoming. And so we'll hide in it. And the minute we begin to hide in it, we begin to allow the familiar spirit, we begin to allow the workings of the devil to separate us from the will of God. The reason I can talk to you about these things and be openly honest with you about them is I have experienced them. I even saw the way that it began to separate me from the will of God. God made it manifest, but He did it it to teach His Son. And today I'm so thankful for it because now we can speak to it and keep you from allowing it to become familiar with you or to and speak to it and take you out of that familiar thought and allow the liberty of the Word of God to set your mind free and enjoy the things that God has given to you. And not holding the head from which all the body by joints and bands having nourishment ministered and knit together increases with the increase of God. Wow. So, If I allow a thought to separate me from the body, from the headship, or separate me from Christ, what's going to happen to the body? It's going to die. Everything comes through the head. Everything comes through Jesus Christ. He is the head of the body. And if it's not from Jesus Christ, it's destructive. So if I go uh, and I'm reading something that's not familiar with me because I want to know something, What's gonna as I read it? What's it gonna do? What's it? What, how's it gonna guide my thoughts? Yeah, it's gonna cause you your mind to go outside of the body of Christ. That's how it works. Yet we will agree with it because we don't. We're not understanding what the work of the familiar spirit is in and of ourselves. And so we'll take on thoughts that are not of God. Let me go on. Now, now we're coming to what I believe is the instruction of God to create in you all the righteousness of the Father and to set you aright, as we just as we read in Psalms 50 this morning, to set your mind aright and cause you great growth by the Holy Ghost. Let's listen. Wherefore, if you be dead with Christ from the rudiments of the world, now, what has to happen in you? Okay, you have to die, that's for sure. But in that death, what happens? The separation comes. Correct? Now the fire of God is working. Now the baptismal power of the Holy Ghost and the baptismal power of the fire of the Holy Ghost begins to work to separate you from the work of the devil to separate you from the work of your own mind to that which is familiar in you. It begins to bring this separation. So just like in the children, the children of Israel, when they came out of Egypt, how, would, how did God make himself known to them? What could they always see? They could see the cloud by day, and they could see the fire by night. So that same baptism that led them through the wilderness, right, and to lead them to the promised land, was a type and shadow how God is leading you today through the same experience of His presence, of His glory. And that glory is ever before you as you follow according to the Word of God. What happened to the children? How come the children of Israel couldn't believe and enter into the kingdom, enter into the promised land? They didn't believe it. They didn't trust God. Even though God was before them night and day in His presence, His glory was before them, They would not believe that He could overcome the enemies of the earth. Do you know that, and I say this cautiously, but it's true, do you know that in Judaism today, they still believe the same way? Unchanged. And the reason it's not changed is because they don't believe in Jesus Christ. The only way that change can come is when you give your mind over to the mind of christ and he allows you to see differently than as you see today very powerful wherefore if you be dead with christ from the rudiments of the world why as though living in the world are you subject to ordinances touch not taste not handle not which all are perish which are all to perish with the using after the commandments and doctrines of men so let me ask you something is it important for us to follow the doctrines of men or is it more important for us to know the foundation of Jesus Christ, the doctrines of Christ, where we are set free from the rudiments of the world and know heaven and know the throne room of God, which is more important. Number two, door number two, right, John? We, you know, we could, t- we, even in uh, Living Fellowship, we could set up before you as a, as an ordinance. And we could say, you know, as long as you continue to uh, carry your life uh, and do certain things, and we could list, put out a list of rules. Well, uh, in in Pentecost, there were a bunch of rules. I mean, women had to wear long dresses. They had to have their hair braided. They couldn't they couldn't play t- watch TV. They couldn't play cards. They couldn't go dancing. I mean, they had all this stuff. Is that freedom or is that bondage? That's bondage. And Pentecost or Pentecostals aren't the only ones that do that. Hear me out. Every branch of it, when it comes to denominationalism, they all have their traditions of men, their doctrines of men that they put above the doctrines of Christ. I will tell you this. When the doctrines of Christ, and the reason I say that is because we have been talking about the doctrine of baptisms, correct? Isn't that where we've been for the last three weeks? Yes, it is. So when we are setting forth the foundational principles of the doctrines of Christ, and I don't care what order they come in in you, God is establishing the order for you. And in God, every man is ordered according to how he receives the word of God. Don't forget that. I will say this, that you will not receive the Holy Ghost without repentance working. But when Peter went to the house of Cornelius, Peter was a Jew that had received the baptism of the Holy Ghost and had his tongue changed. And in the dream, before he went to Cornelius' house, God brought him to what? What was the the principle of the dream? Yeah, he, he was bringing Peter to repentance. God was bringing to repentance Peter so that Peter could believe the word of God and when God sent him to a Gentile's house, Peter would know by that same word that he received from the Lord, that same word. Peter would know that God is no respecter of person. Whether you're Jew or Gentile, God's going to open the door to the Holy Ghost. So when Peter went and spoke to Cornelius' house, bam, they received the Holy Ghost. He preached the gospel of Jesus Christ to them. And when he preached the gospel of Jesus Christ to them, the door was opened unto heaven. Because the only access into heaven is the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's the only way in. And all of Cornelius' house received the Holy Ghost and spake with tongues. In other words, their parable was changed to where they could now speak the mind of Christ. And immediately Peter goes, wow, this is awesome. What for, we got to get them all baptized. And they baptized them all. Folks, the liberty that we have received in the workings of the mind of Christ in us produces the same result when we believe God. So this this the necessity of baptism in the holy ghost Jesus's baptism brings about this separation from the rudiments of the world where we are set free into the things of god heaven is now made available to us heaven is now our access heaven is now our strength and so a lot of times we when we receive the word of god how do I how do I want to say this for you when we receive the word of god We don't want to receive it under a law. We want to receive it under the grace from which it was given, because in that grace we have access into the throne room of heaven. So let me bring you to the end of this and to the beginning of the next. Which things are indeed a show of wisdom in all worship and humility and neglecting of the body, not in any honor to the satisfying of the flesh. Now listen. If you then be risen with Christ, this is the effectual work of why Jesus baptizes. If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sits on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on the things of earth, for you are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. What happened to you? I got baptized into Christ's death. I am dead. And in the power of the resurrection, what's going to come forth? Me or Christ? Christ, the new man. It's the new man that comes forth in that baptismal work of Jesus. The first man, Adam, was of the earth, earthy. The second man is who? The Lord from heaven. 2 Corinthians 15. It's the Lord from heaven. The work of the doctrines of Christ cause you to be changed. And the only influence that you need to partake in in the whole thing is for what is what? What's your work in it? To believe. To believe every word that God speaks to you and to guide you into the fullness of what he and who he is. Let me. Um, I want to close with. A scripture we're all very familiar with. I'm going to back it up with. I'm going to start with Galatians chapter 2. And I'm going to start with verse 17. But if while we seek to be justified by Christ. We ourselves also are found sinners. Is therefore Christ the minister of sin God forbid. So now. I'm going to provoke you this morning that you take some time this week and you go back into these scriptures that I'm presenting to you today and you read, you read the context of what's being said so that it, it sets, your, sets your mind to in what we're saying. For if I build again the things which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. In the Old Testament, when the walls of Jericho came tumbling down, God said, whoever rebuilds these walls will destroy Israel. Do you know what happened several hundred years later? Someone decided to rebuild the walls of Jericho. And it began to be destructive in thought. And it brought Israel back into sin. Amazing. So the Word of God is true. And it's always true for if I build again the things which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor for I through the law am dead to the law that I might live unto God. So what was, why was the law given? Anybody remember the law was given to to lead us to Christ. But what did it bring us into? When the law came, sin revived and I died. So every time in the framework of my mind, every time uh, the law comes and I see my sin, what happens to me? I, I die. And so the Word came to show me Jesus. All I saw was my sin, and I killed the truth. So if I stay in that familiar thought, if what I saw when the Word of God came What's happening to Jesus in me? It kills him. But if I receive a law and it brings me into the life of Christ, in other words, I receive the word of God in truth, and it shows me a new law. It shows me the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. So now it's not, when I see it, I'm not looking at who? I'm not looking at myself. I'm looking at the new man. I'm looking at the man, Christ Jesus, in whom there is no sin. And so now, all of a sudden, that seed that God hid in me begins to grow and begins to bear fruit. I I think that's powerful. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not frustrate the grace of God. For if righteousness came by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. Wow. Now, if if the law provokes us to see our sin, are we in the place of grace, or are we in another place? We're in a place, we're in another place. So I got one more scripture I want to read to you, and that's in the book of Romans, the eighth chapter. I'm going to start with um, the seventh chapter, verse twenty-four. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? So. When I perceive myself in sin, what am I? I am dead. I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with flesh, the mind of flesh, the law of sin. There is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Did you hear that? So, we need the Spirit of God to come and separate the mind of flesh from the mind of the Spirit, right? We've got to have it. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. So, what, what made me free from the law of sin and death? The law of the Spirit in Christ Jesus. So, when the Word of God comes it points me to Jesus Christ or shows me Jesus... And it does not show me who I am in a body of flesh. Now, has judgment then changed? Has my perception of who I am changed? Because now I see myself as the inheritor or the partaker of the life in Christ Jesus. And not the inheritor of a body of flesh that is now dead. So here comes the winnowing power of God through the Holy Ghost. And the winnowing winnowing power of God through the Holy Ghost brings the change we all desperately seek after and desire so that we're not trying to figure it out with our own mind. Just as we read in the book of Colossians when we uh, ascribe to ourselves visions and dreams and talking about diverse angels not understanding the familiar spirit, not understanding who we are in the life of Christ. I would rather see the angel of the Lord than see the angel of Satan, just so you know. And without the covering that we have received of God, we will not know the difference. Wasn't Satan perceived as an angel of light fall from heaven? Wow, we need Jesus Christ as the head of the body. And when Christ is the head of the body, he sets everything right. He orders every thought in the mind where we have the mind of Christ. Can you say amen to that?